Welcome to the Best of Seven podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Phillips, here as always with Kyle Coster. And this week, we've got one of my favorite topics we've done. We are breaking down the top seven MTV, the challenge competitors. And this is a show, I don't know about you, Kyle, but I've been watching it since, I feels like high school. And, and it's the one reality show that I always come back to and wind up watching. Even if I get into it a little bit late, I'll go on demand or online and catch up on the episodes. I, I, it is the one reality show I've dropped survivor. I've dropped, you know, dropped like gone in on other things and dropped them out. It's the one that I have stuck with. And I think it's because it got me early as a high schooler and all that drama when we used to watch the real world and road rules and all of those. And then he had to watch the challenge too. I just, it's, it's just, it's always sucked me in even to this day, you know, 30 something seasons later, it still sucks me in. Well, here's the thing about the entire franchise. It started with the real world. And when you were young, you dreamt of being old enough to be on the real world. And as a real, real world went into permutations and, and the challenge was born, then it was more about you felt young by watching the challenge. So it's really kind of bookended like the age group that are participating in it to the point where we're on the very young end of the people you might see on the show. And now we're at about the same age as the very older, the, ver- uh, the same age as the oldest competitors. So it's really interesting. It's interesting too that you mentioned Survivor because my wife and child started to watching watch that for the first time recently and I was checking it out and I was like, you know, this is a pretty good show, but it lacks the absurdity in some of the energy of the challenge, the off-court stuff. Um, you could really make the argument about the challenge as being a precursor to how we follow the NBA today, where it's celebrity culture, where it's about beefs, where it's about stuff that's happening away from the court. I mean, I really think that there was, there's been the argument that this is a professional sport. I think Simmons has made it more than once on, on his podcast, but it really does kind of hold up because it has athletics, it has strategy and it has peer entertainment. And it's produced in a way that is, puts them in the situations for maximum entertainment. And as the show got older and there was more of a shared history it became like baseball or basketball where it was like you could have stats to look at you remembered these championship series you remembered these moments and it's amazing the infrastructure that they built which only adds uh to the enjoyment because you can come at it from a lot of different angles well and what's interesting is they've started to pull as as road rules and as the real world sort of went away they started to pull new competitors from outside they've got people from survivor on now they've got people from big brother has been a big one they brought in some uk people from like love island and some of those shows in the uk so it's constantly there are fresh competitors but i don't know about you but i like seeing the old competitors back again like those are the people like some of the new people are are fascinating very interesting and all that but i love seeing the old school competitors back and i'm sure our lists are going to be heavy with the old school if we're talking the greatest of all time but how do you feel about like the way they're bringing in new people? I mean, are you, are you bummed on shows where certain of your favorites aren't on? Or are you willing to watch? I think at the beginning I was kind of bummed, but as time has gone on, I've seen it as kind of an ingenious way to build a farm system. If we're going to keep using the sports allegory, this is the double A and the triple A. You bring these people in and there's a real structure too when you get on the challenge 
being a rookie comes with some stigma. Being a second year player comes with some stigma. There is a pecking order. There is a hierarchy. So I think that the way that they've been able to grab this fresh new crop of people who have grown up watching shows like this and know exactly what works. Um, they know the behavior, they know the language, they know the landscape they're stepping into. And I think all things considered, without seamlessly figuring out a feeder system, which they did, this show and this franchise probably would have already run its course. So I think you have to give a lot of credit to the producers and the people at the very top who are like, here's what we can do and everybody leaning into it. But yeah. Yes. And do I, do I prefer the old guard? Yes, of course. And I think that's just a, a simple byproduct of having more memories associated with them. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you say that because of the pecking order and all that, they brought in a bunch of people from other shows. And now you're seeing at the beginning of the season, they're the ones with power, not the older people because there's enough of them and they have that cachet. They've been on the show a couple of times. So it is interesting how the dynamic has, has shifted there. Um, and right now they just finished uh, the, the double agent season. And there's also they challenge all stars, which is a lot of old school people. And that's going on in Paramount plus right now. I have not watched that. I, I, I plan to get into it at some point. Cause it's all the people you remember from your childhood being in that one. I did watch the double agent season, thought it was really good, really well done, had a satisfying ending. Um, and, and you said, I know you said you haven't caught up on that yet, but uh, well, there's going to be a spoiler here at some point, Kyle, but um, I, I think we should just dive right in because I think this is a fun topic. And I think that it's something where we're going to have probably similar lists, but I think there's a really good discussion around each selection. So I want to know what your number seven is for this one. All right. So this one's going to have to come with a bit of a caveat, just like all of our lists do on this show where we leave it pretty open-ended and we let each other decide what the category what we're trying to draft really means to that person, right? So the number seven on my list is certainly far from the most successful figure to ever be on the challenge is a relative newcomer, definitely the newest person on my list. And I can't believe that he's there. Ryan, number seven, I have bear. Wow. That is fascinating. I want to hear the reasoning behind this one, because I think there are good arguments to be made that he's one of the most interesting characters in the history of the show. But man, top seven is, is yeah, it's woo. That's a big one. Go, go on. I'm the floor is yours. My, my friend. All right. Yes. Has he won anything? No. Been on four challenges. Hasn't really accomplished much. They're always gunning for him. Is he a disaster politically? Yes. Did you probably hate him upon first glance and second glance? Yes. But let me tell you, that I have never had a bigger turnaround on anybody from reality television as I have with Bear. He's the ultimate guilty pleasure. He's fearless, he's reckless, he's stupid, he's enraging, and he's honestly, Ryan, he's the most charming person I've ever seen on my television. And I love him even though I don't want to. And the whole thing with him is he's a Lothario, he's a Mimbo, he's catnip for the ladies on that show. And you wonder how do they allow themselves to be in that position? You used to wonder, or I used to wonder. Now I know because it happened to me. And you see people who starting out wanting to hate him fall victim to his charms because he's so, so funny. Like all the things that he did at the beginning, you're like, I can't believe that this person is doing it. Once you realize, wow, 
this dude does not care and he's just going for it. And he's mostly harmless. I, I think what's so great about him is that he breaks people's brains, right? You have all these people who are taking it so seriously, trying to win. And he shows up and he's like, I am the winner of the don't give a damn contest for the world, not just MTV, not just for the show, the world. I don't care. And he's just himself. So all those things considered and the fact that he's a pariah on the show that he's able to remain as, as long as that he has in recent seasons, winning and staving off eliminations, dealing with the awkwardness situation with Kayla, basically breaking up that relationship. One of the most compelling, enraging, maddening, and like spirit stirring characters I could ever remember on reality TV. And I don't really believe the rest of my list will be devoted to successful people on the challenge, but I have to give a nod to this singular character because you cannot argue that the show is worse with him. They should find a loophole that they keep him around to the end every season because he is unbelievable. So I hated bear the first season he was on. I thought he was so annoying and just like, get this guy off my television. Like what the hell? I will admit by the last season he was on, I thought he was friggin' hilarious. I thought the guy was so funny and you're right. He's just insanely charming and does not care. And hysterical. I like, look, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm proud of you for picking him. That is a great, that like one that didn't even come to mind, but part of this isn't just the biggest winners. Cause that's easy. Cause that's statistics. The biggest winners. It's not necessarily always the best players. It's our favorite people on the show. And if he, I, I like, I could see that argument. I could, there are other people that are just hilarious and fun to have around. And, and, you know, uh, one guy, Leroy is great in the house. He's like one of the, he's not on my list, but he's a guy that it's like, I, the show's better when he's on and he's, he's hilarious. And he's off in the corner meeting comment. Uh, Kyle from the UK is also this past season, especially hilarious. He was the guy they would do the, the, the reaction interview with when somebody would say something ridiculous, it would immediately flash to him and he'd just be like, what are you talking about? You know, like there are people who make the show better that don't necessarily win. And so I, I, I endorse this pick. I, it's not on my list. I'm not changing my list, but this is a good pick, Kyle. Sneaky, sneaky, good pick. If we were drafting everybody in the room, be like, damn it, Kyle, you got him. And, and so thumbs up, man, that is a, that is a excellent, excellent pick. And he's definitely like, like number seven with a bullet too. Like he's, if the next one he's on, it's going to go even higher. I, I bear is the trajectory is very high on this one. So I, I, it's a good pick. Bear is, we are in a Bitcoin doggy coin situation with, uh, with bear. You want to be in early. It's probably already too late to get the, the growth that we're seeing, but yeah, watch his star in the coming years. To the moon. All right. Uh, my number seven is Derek Kaczynski. Uh, he was a bulldog on the show, and he's been on it. He's on the All-Stars one now. He showed up on uh, the Dirty 30 after a seven-year absence and made the final. He was this tiny, undersized, always underestimated guy, and he always brought it. He's been on the show 10 times, has three wins. He's been to five finals. Uh, he's an elimination king. He's nine and five, and he was always going against bigger guys, and he just always figured it out and won it. He also has a podcast about the challenge called Challenge Mania, 
and I listened to it a few times during a season. It's really good. And they interview current and former players, people who you're like, whatever happened to that person? He gets them on, talks about what it, what happens. Most of the time, they just got a job and a family. Like, that's why they don't do the challenge anymore. But uh, he was one of those guys sort of in the, the early challenge heyday who you just, he was up against these like six, three ripped athletes and the kids like five, six and super athletic, shockingly athletic, almost like he was built like a wrestler or something. And he would win these eliminations and everybody would just be like, dude, Derek's impossible to beat. And I loved watching him compete and, and hope he comes back for some of the ones they're doing now. I know he's a dad and all that, but he's always been really good and really entertaining. And just one of those guys you always rooted for because he was smaller than everybody else yet. He got it done. Yeah. And it's, he kind of followed the same track tour. He came in as a bad boy, very cocky uh, from the road rules world. And yes, he was undersized. You mentioned the championships. They came in a row. So yeah. you, you break that down. That's as impressive a run as there's ever been yes. in the show. Maybe even, uh, only bananas can say that I believe, but to put together three in a row is just an, an incredible run for him. Yes. He seemed pretty normal. He seemed pretty well adjusted. The one thing I do remember about him is he was one of the, he was kind of a guy like you would worry about ending up on the, uh, the injured list. Uh, yes. He seemed to kind of have like a chronic, issue it was never the real like dramatic like hey we need to call the ambulance it was more just like i hurt my back or i hurt my knee and i'm out so he had a spectacular burst in the middle of his career that could have been even more impressive and and let's throw out the idea let's say you put his fighting spirit in his heart in some of the more impressive athletes that we've seen come through like put his heart and his spirit in a Zach. And are we looking at the greatest challenge competitor of all yes, time? Unquestionably. And, and here's the thing about Derek too. He always elevated his team to wins. He had 43 daily wins. Like that's a lot for 10 seasons. You know, I mean, that it's for a season of just winning every day. And he was just a guy. He was good at strategy. He was smart. He, and he was the guy who you wanted if you had a one-on-one with somebody and, you know, I, you know, and in anything, if you had a one-on-one, he was the guy who wasn't going to quit. The other guys would get frustrated, get hurt, quit, whatever. That guy had a motor and he kept doing it. I remember one time he did the, where you had to wrestle a pole away from somebody with Wes and it went on forever because neither guy was going to quit. And Wes eventually won, but he, at the end, he was basically saying like, that's the greatest guy I've ever gone up against in anything. And it's true. He was just, you're right about that. You know, his body had limitations, but if you put his, you know, spirit and fight in some of these bigger guys, like a Fessy or a, a, a Zach, or even, you know, at times a CT, they're never losing ever. It would make the show boring. Um, so yeah, I had Derek at number seven. I, you know, and, it, and here's the thing. He took a seven year break. He probably could have one more in there, um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if he continues to do it. It's been a couple of years now. Well, number six on my list is someone with no physical limitations, and that's Laurel. Laurel is the most physically dominant female to ever be on the show. That It's not close. She came out of the gates hot and won her first nine eliminations. Now she's lost the last two. Um, four finals, one win. You want to know what, though? She's an underachiever. She's an underachiever when it comes to winning the big one. She is, yes, I guess Malone didn't win one. I'm trying to think what the 
comparison would be <laughs> to just get one. So she finally got off the snide. Aaron Rodgers, man. Aaron Rodgers. Perfect. Perfect. She is Aaron Rodgers. There's no reason that she should not be in the final every single year. Um, but she just is not very good politically. And it's frustrating to see because at, at every single season when it starts out, you see, you see Laurel and you think, well, this is someone who's going to be there at the end. There's just no way she can be beaten. Every, and everybody, everybody who's, who walks in the house is afraid of her. I think that there's no person on the challenge that inspires fear more than Laurel because nobody ever wants to go up against her in an elimination. I'd compare her with CT, just size and intimidation. Like nobody wants to face CT in an elimination, even though he's lost eliminations. Nobody wants to go in. They're talking about like not even throwing him in at times where now you have to earn your, your, your spot in the final with an elimination. But she, you're right. She is so incredibly physically intimidating. Um, I, she is not on my list, but I have, but I like barely left her off. Like this is, she's incredible when she's on the show. She is. And that's what makes the, the lack of hardware even more frustrating is because the one time she did win, win it, she was on a team with bananas and bananas, as we're going to see through, we, as we go and do this has pulled so many people to the championships. And he's also taken money away from people at the end when it, uh, just when you didn't expect him to, but you look at her title is tainted a little bit because she wasn't even the star player. She struggles a little bit with perseverance and stamina. She's not strong on puzzles. She's easily rattled. This is a person who I feel like could have benefited so much from like just taking a chill pill and coming in with a clearer mind and a better strategy every single year, but she never really seemed to figure it out, figure it out in a way that was going to keep her from, um, you know, you know, running, running a foul of the other people. And then also I will say, I don't find her to be the most interesting person when it comes to drama, when she was involved in drama, it was usually pretty low key. And I don't remember ever like taking her side in a fight, which is a big part of it because I expect fights uh, on this, on this program. But if I, if I think that you're in the wrong and you're just sloppy drunk, that makes me think a little less of you. There's a weird type of like morality and judgment that, that come along with the challenge. Yeah. We'll watch it, but we don't want to be a part of that. Uh, you know, Laurel is as far as drama goes, it was usually her picking on somebody when she got drunk and it's kind of like, like have real drama, have real, like, you know, and so she hasn't been on in a while. I wonder if they'll, she was on war of the worlds too, I believe, which is a couple ago, but she's been spotty. I wonder if, if, it, if she will come back. I mean, now you look at a lot of the, the women who are on it and they're all athletes. And, and that's sort of interesting as we've seen the change from this was something people did at times, but now it's thing, things people train for year round, you know, to be on this and to win this kind of money because the money wasn't big in the past. And now it is, it's life-changing money. So it, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if she is willing to dedicate to come back and, and do that or go and have a normal life. Um, but she is, she is incredible. And those nine and Oh, that nine and O elimination record for a while was certainly intimidating. Let's pause for a second to make some money. Uh, number six for me is Evelyn Smith. Uh, she's only been on the show seven times and she won it three times. She's one of the most dominant 
female competitors we've ever seen, but she just doesn't do it anymore. She was in four finals on seven shows and basically gave up in one elimination she was in because she was up against a, her best friend, uh, Kellyanne. Uh, she's six and three in eliminations. Really, you can say that's six and two because she basically gave up. Um, she won her last show in 2011. It was uh, Rivals with Paula, and they pretty much dominated the show. And she they 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 won. And then she hasn't been back since 2011. But she was an absolute beast as a physical competitor. Nobody wanted to face her. They did whatever they could to get her out of the show every time. The because the other women didn't want to go up against her, and it makes sense. She's just physically imposing and destroyed them. Uh, she also had that, you know, sort of heel turn on the Island where she teamed up with the guys who have been tormenting the girls the whole time uh, to secure them a win uh, on the whole show and took the money. But uh, other than that, she was pretty much always, I would say fighting for the right things and, and, and uh, a dominant physical presence. Yeah. And you know what, what's, what's crazy to say, she is not on my list. And I think one of the main reasons was like you said, I mean, the 10 year layoff, haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about her was shocked when I went back and saw how much actual success that she's had. And then also when you think about like one of the times, like you mentioned, where she essentially took herself out of the running, if she could have gone on to have a prolonged career, like some of the people who are going to come up later in our list, we could be talking about the week it's not unreasonable to think that she could challenge bananas for it's one of the best. Yeah. The most decorated hardware ever. And if you look at her percentage, I mean, she's 50% success rate, which is absurd. Um, it, it, it's weird how she just kind of disappeared though. It, it really is like, she's not part of like diehards of the show will remember her. And when you, when you bring her up, you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. But she, she doesn't really have a legacy uh, that a lot of the people on the show, like I look back at Mark's numbers and they are not impressive. At no, all. I did and this, Mark was like Mr. Challenge. And before, before I did this project, before like I sat down, I was like, well, Mark's probably going to be in it or he's at least in the top 10. I, I started looking at the stats. I was like, you got to be kidding me with this guy, but it's because he was this larger than life personality. And then I don't know, maybe he felt like he invented the show but with, but with Evelyn, it was like, there's no, I don't have that singular memory of, of her doing anything that was just like, there was nothing that she did. was like, you would want to call someone or talk about like, Hey, did you see this? You know, like she was almost like the ultimate, like quietly getting success without being a primary story on the last time of they show. Yeah. I just think she was, I agree with you on all that. And, and it was tough. I actually was down to her or Laurel for, for this, for this spot sort of as my, my this spot on the female competitors list. I mean, and by the way, we could do seven, the seven best men and the seven best female competitors. We just kind of like decided to do it all in one, but I was down to her and Laurel and it was really the, the extra win is what put Evelyn over the top for me. But I could argue that I would much rather watch Laurel on a show because there's always something going on with her and the, the, you know, her physical abilities were incredibly impressive. So it really was six, one half, half dozen of the other. Uh, for for me, but I did stick Evelyn in there because I remembered, I, you know, she was so good that the guys wanted her on their team when they did the island challenge and they had to build the boat and row over. Um, so I, I I had to go with her, but it, it was a it was a tight squeeze there. So who's number five for you, Kyle? Well, the, number five is someone who provided 
slightly more memorable moments, both the highs, both the lows, a real firecracker. This one, Camilla. Yeah. She just missed my list, but this is a great pick. I struggle with this one, but it's a great pick. Oh my gosh. This person is a live wire of electricity. And I can't remember anybody on the show who had a, a quicker switch between, hey, I'm a, I'm a great competitor. I'm getting along with everybody too. I am insane. Like yes. it was like she was possessed by the devil when she got mad. And you look at the numbers, two wins, four finals, nine and four in eliminations. Perhaps a top three or four contender for most dramatic character i i would say undoubtedly number one like, undoubtedly number one you think it's well not- okay one of two one or two one or two i would say for drama created because you're right she had that switch that flipped like it was and there was no containing her romantically involved with bananas most notably somehow that didn't mar their relationship going forward i thought it was the craziest thing that they coexisted on the show they won an x's together and it was it was like an easy win like they got along saying you would think it was all the elements like this is going to be a a total disaster scenario and they worked it so she was a jekyll and hyde all time all time person for we're headed out to the club we're going to the bar i'm going to need that camera on camilla you want to talk about (laughs) This person, she might as well have been born on like those little charter buses that take them back to the place where they get in the real fights. Nobody has ever been more comfortable and ready to throw down on one of those than Camilla. She, legacy is a bit marred because there was some physical altercation with, with, with the crew. Yes, um, to be swinging opinion, a PA. I think she is banned from the show, by the way. it's Yes, and, and, and fine. There's, well, let's get back to the morality of, of the challenge, right? You're kicked out if you fight with people, but the whole thing is seeing how close to the edge you can fight, right? You've seen guys like stick their nose, girls like hands behind the back. Like it's like, it's this game of like, how far can I push the envelope? And yes, physical violence is not the answer, but they want this for the TV show. So I'm wondering why they don't just treat it kind of like international waters or money plane or, or Vegas where like things don't count. What happens on the challenge should not impact the rest of your life because they push these people to these point where they hit the breaking point. And I think if you gave truth serum to the challenge producers, they would say, yeah, it's a real bummer that Camilla's run was cut short because she got physical with a PA because she's unbelievably tell she's unbelievable television she's fantastic competitor for the show yeah and and you know they they loved it i mean they loved that stuff of course nobody wants to get get punched and you know camilla i think had some uh psychological stuff going on with her that that was probably pretty deep-seated but as a competitor alone i mean her last two invasion of the champions and dirty 30 she made the final and in dirty 30 she won and then she's gone and and Again, from what I've heard, she's she's never allowed back because obviously she got physical with a member of the crew. She also said some racist stuff to Leroy, and they had a huge blow up over that. Um, she would, again, see a guy, a girl talking to Johnny Bananas and freak out and tear apart the house drunk. And then the next day be like, what I do? I don't remember. You know, and you're just like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like one of there's. The Camillinator was what they called her because of how destructive she was. And it she is... 
you're right. One of the, as far as television goes, one of the best competitors ever, as far as television goes, and also a great competitor, but yeah, it's just, I can't imagine living in a house with that person for however long it is, you know, eight to 12 weeks. Uh, Not just that, you know, I think about like when the bachelor airs and these people are able, who are contestants on it are able to watch what they did back. And they usually remember most of it because they're lucid on more than one season. Camilla was watching this and seeing what she did for the first time because she had no memory of doing it. That had to be an insane experience to just see that on national television, international television or whatever and be like, well, don't remember that. That has to be about as low of a feeling you can have for a person, but it didn't stop her from doing it the next time. Yeah. That was what was crazy is it just didn't learn her lesson, (laughs) moved right on to the next one. Uh, so number five for me, I've got Wes Bergman, uh, certainly a classic challenge guy, maybe the best at actually playing the game. Uh, he's, he's the best politician, was incredibly uh, good at forming alliances and then playing them against each other. Uh, he has, I believe, I'm not sure how many seasons he had. I think it was 10. And he's won twice, been to five finals, is 14 and nine in eliminations. He also won champs versus pros and champs versus stars, which I didn't really consider when doing this. Those are kind of spin-off shows, but he's just good at this stuff. He causes a lot of drama and then is the guy who steps back and watches it unfold. He's good television, like Camilla. It's just he's really he understands the medium and understands. If everybody's just hanging around, having a good time, this is going to be pretty boring. So let's walk into a room, drop a bomb, and then step back like America and watch it happen. Uh, His rivalry with Johnny Bananas has been incredible television over the years, and it was nice to see them kind of squash it and move on uh, and actually kind of become friends after uh, Wes's last show, which uh, was their last show together, which is Total Madness. Uh, Just a really interesting guy in that, He was physically a good competitor, but he also was so good at the mental side of the game. And one of the people who truly got that it was a game and that you're messing with people and it shouldn't affect life outside the game. My all time favorite challenge competitor. Wow. Number two on my list. And I wanted to put him number one. It just wouldn't be right. But to me, number one in my heart, Wes is the man. This is the only guy in the house who is not afraid of Johnny Bananas and never has been. He's the only guy that is smarter than Bananas, has a psychological advantage. Now, did that always work out for him? No. You look at his finals record, right? Two and five. It's a bit of a LeBron situation before he started winning. It was like, oh, he can't. He's gotten there so many times. He just can't. Got to get over the hump. Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing to understand about that rivalry is at a certain point, Johnny Bananas was insulated from everybody else because no one would ever be taking a swing against him. They would never take a shot at him, yeah. And you can argue that that's part of his political savvy. You can argue that he earned that with all of his wins, but he had a cakewalk in so many years, whereas Wes had to earn it. Not a single person in the house would ever trust him, right? And yes, did he make that bed? Probably. But he was so shrewd. Nobody has ever maximize their potential for more and and he did it his own way so i think so much of this game was is about finding your way to play it and who creates an art form with what they do wes number one for me 
Because even when he wasn't messing with you, you thought he was messing with you. Yeah, everybody was always paranoid that Wes was scheming against them. And yeah. He was just this big, and I guess he's this big ginger buzzer in the corner making noise that had to pay, you had to pay attention to it. You didn't want to get burned by it. Now, I will say he made some puzzling decisions in the last few seasons. I thought teaming up with bananas and then trying to that made no sense sense. that was a gigantic misstep part of me wonders if he just wanted to do that for the show i'm not i think partially they both he wanted to go up against him in an elimination which they had never done before which is amazing to have that rivalry for so long and never face each other in elimination and i think he wanted to get that chance and just sort of be like all right who's the best ever uh, but I agree. He should have let it go. Let bananas win. Then let you win one. And then you go into the final together and ride off in the sunset together. The thing that's so frustrating for me is I, I I'm glad that Wes is on the list. I I'm frustrated. He's so high on your list. I think he should be, you know, one or two, but I, he's so underappreciated Agreed. and people don't get that. And there's a complexity to his character that I thought was like a real thinking man's game. Like he was playing baseball as opposed to, you know, like a, a dive playing football or whatever analogy you want to make. I thought that he was really trying to see the long view and, and, and use his brain to win challenges. Well, let's not discount how skilled of a competitor he was physically. And he remained skilled physically because he got old as this show went on. And you would think that his body would break down, but he was still just as tough as they came I think his ability to do running events, I always mm-hmm. thought that was going to go downhill toward the end. As you saw, like these guys and Bananas and CT get so much bigger physically. I thought that Wes did as well, but he also retained some flexibility. So he was a little bit better at the quicker stuff. He was a swimmer um, too. He was like one of the best swimmers ever in the history of the show. Whenever they do a swimming challenge, everybody like, well, Wes is going to win, you know, it, did you think, and, and I guess the one, the other thing about him too, is like, I think he got a bad rap for being a bad teammate, but yes. I think when he was on a team, he was the yes. guy you want running it. And I think a lot of the times he made the right managerial decision that his team didn't get on board with and was, and suffered uh, from the group project theory where he was, his fate was kind of tied to everybody else's. Cause a lot of times he had to make alliances with newer people on the show because he could not forge ones with with people from the past because he had stickiness with them from, from existing relationships. And he had a reputation and he had a reputation. And I think that what's interesting about him is I I think that at times Wes would have the long view of the season in mind where the rest of the team was worried about week to week or the rest of the people on the show worried about week to week. And he's like, I'm going to be here. I'm trying to plan this because if you put me in the elimination, I'm going to win. I'm trying to plan who's going to be here at the end so I can win. And, and, you know, I think that maybe the most amazing thing about Wes's career was his first show was fresh meat and he was stuck with the worst competitor, which was Casey. They went because he had a reputation when he entered the house because he was new from the Austin real world or whatever, and people didn't like him. And so they put him in five times to elimination and he was dragging the worst competitor in the competition with him and they won every single time like that's unbelievable to go into five eliminations in one season is one thing to be dragging another competitor if it's one-on-one you're it's it's your your fate is in your hands to be dragging another competitor and then to win all five times 
is unbelievable. So he announced his presence with authority on his first challenge. And after that, his second challenge, he won. And so right off the bat, he was going to be a target the whole time. And I think being a target really hurt him at times. Um, one of my favorite wins ever was when he and CT combined to win a rivals after they had hated each other for years and then worked really well together, became buddies and won a final. The thing about Wes, I think that gets misunderstood. And the reason why I think he's underrated is because he's one of the few people who again, realizes the challenge is the challenge and life is life. And everybody who knows him says he's a different person on the show. He's conniving. He's scheming. He's a jerk. He is out for himself, all this. And then off the show, people like him. And so I think that that maybe is, he's the guy more than anybody who saw, this is not my real life. I'm doing this because I, I have fun doing it. And it's not the, it's not life. It's not the world. It's just a game. And I think that's what helped him be so good at the political stuff. Cause he didn't care if he screwed people over cause he's screwing you over on a television series, not in he's not taking your job from you. So that's, that's the way I saw it. And I think that he, why he and Johnny bananas always butted heads is cause this was bananas job. I mean, this, this is what he does for a living. And Wes, it's more of something he comes in and does because he thinks it's fun. And uh, that, to me, is what was maybe the most interesting about his character versus Bananas, who I think are definitely unquestionably the two biggest personalities in the history of the show. It's a great point uh, in compartmentalizing. Um, So we said a lot of nice things about Wes. My number four is someone who I don't have a lot to say positive about but I'm proud of myself for putting on the list. I think it shows growth. I think it shows maturity that I was able to do this, even though I can't think of a singular singular moment where I appreciated this person's presence on the show. Number four, Cara Maria. I have Cara Maria at number four as well and have similar feelings to you. All right, well, let me give you the bullet notes on her. Two wins, nine finals. Nine finals! Two of the more un comfortable relationships you'll ever see with Abram and Polly. <laughs> so true. But you start poking around like the challenge reference page, like we've been mentioning on this podcast and you're left to conclude that she's really one of the most accomplished and decorated players, male or female on the show. Um, that doesn't change the fact that she's largely unlikable, largely terrible and uh, unsympathetic. But on the other hand, that means that everybody is gunning for her. And it's hard for her to have allies outside of whatever relationship that is, again, so painful to watch. Like just, just one of the, some of the toughest relationships I can remember ever being on television in terms of like, I just don't get it. And not from a judging sense, but kind of like she seems to hold and exert a specific type of control over the men in her relationships that cause them to act in a way that makes them very unsympathetic as well. It's this really weird phenomenon, but having said all that, that really makes her a survivor and that she's been able to have this much success while not really being the most engaging or or friendly or well-liked or politically savvy person. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I used to feel bad for her because she got picked on a little bit. And then as they explored her personality more, I was kind of like, I kind of get it, you know. But in her last five, I mean, if you you talk about success, you can't not put her on the list. She's my highest ranked female competitor. And the reason why is in the last five seasons she's been on, she's made the final every time. In the last seven, she's made 
the final, I think it's seven out of six out of seven times, you know, uh, that's unbelievable. Uh, she won battle of the bloodlines with her cousin. I think a lot of people refer to that as one of the worst seasons of the show ever. Uh, she won vendettas was the first time there was a one uh, person winner and she beat Zach at the end uh, to win vendettas. And then has been in the final four other times in her last five. I think that, you cannot deny how good she is. She's outstanding in eliminations. She's won 13 eliminations, 43 daily challenges. And, but you're right. And the reason why I put her this high is that you're right. It's completely unlikable in, in the most, especially lately. Cause she's kind of gone from being bullied to bullying people and, and talking trash about people all the time. And that was not her personality early on. She was very kind of like passive. And I, I think now to see, uh, the way her relationship with Abram and Polly both played out, have played out. It, it is, it's hard to watch. And I think in their last couple seasons with Polly, it just felt like they felt entitled that they were going to win and all of that stuff. And man, I, I, yeah, highly, highly unlikable and just not a whole lot of fun to watch. Cause it's, it's very cringeworthy and hard to do, but you cannot deny how good a competitor she is. You just can't. And, and she, you know, there have been, there, there was a season where she got thrown into elimination a bunch one every time. Like it, it's, it was, let's see what season that was. That was free agents. She got thrown in four times and won three of them and then lost to Laurel who was still undefeated at that time. And so she's always a target. She's always an outstanding competitor. And I'm honestly wondering if she and Polly will do it again. We'll, we'll come back on the show again at any point because they seemed in their last one to sort of be over it and acting like they should win. And then when they don't, it, they sort of blame it on other people. So I wonder if they'll do it again. I don't know. Well, two positive things to say uh, about her is she does a fair amount of pouting, but she stops pouting when it's time to go in there and prove Yes. It. And you can't say that about so many competitors. It's the kiss. They of check death. out. They just check out. Yes. This game is so mentally challenging and for her to be able to rally and not let it ruin, not just that day, not just to survive that elimination, but to figure out a way to like advance four more weeks or five more weeks or however long it is into the finale. She was able to do that. So, so many times and with the whole with the whole Polly thing you mentioned about how they did seem to be somewhat checked out or at least over it, I get that. When you've been on the show for so long and you've accomplished so much, an interesting trend uh, of the last years are the new people are no longer being deferential to the old, yeah. right? There's no better. There's no better thing for them, like it would make their life to be in a challenge with one of the all-time greats, right? And be an elimination with an all-time great because either you beat them and you're a legend or you go home saying you got to have the experience. So the entire methodology is largely flipped on its head where I think that it's not as easy for some of the all-time greats to, to coast on reputation. And it's almost like you're, you're battling people who are significantly younger, to, younger than you too. And largely, I think it's bad for the franchise, too, because you want the people that you have existing uh, equity and, and sweat equity with to, to get there at the end. And instead, you're kind of getting a new crop that you're learning about, who a lot of the time just don't have the personality that that matches what you want to see. Agreed. So Karen Maria is Cara Maria is my number four. Kyle, who's your number three? 
Number three, we're getting down to, well, you know, it can only be one of two people here. And I got to give it to my man, C.T. All time and for C.T., I'm just going to go ahead and read uh, Entertainment Weekly did a, a piece ranking the competitors like, like we did. Our list, interesting enough, our lists have both proven to be way different than theirs, uh, which is just great because it's, it proves that there's this is a totally subjective exercise, but I think that they really nailed what CT is. It says, watching CT grow from a bruiser, he was kicked off multiple seasons for fighting, to a lover, RIP DM Brown, to a true champion competing with purpose and a supposed dad bod, has been one of the best storylines of the entire series. And with his double agent's win, spoiler, he's proven to still be a champion, dad bod fatherly figure and all. And to me, that's perfect. That's exactly what happened with CT. He came in there as like the platonic ideal of either someone being kicked out of a Boston bar or kicking someone out of a Boston bar, all muscle, all meathead, all steroid, all whatever. And he went through that profound loss with Diem and matured and now has a family and his body turned from greek god to dad bod as it was mentioned or whatever but he still found a way to be the person and stir stir the drink and and move the action forward and to see him embrace not even like the political side of the game but the hosting side of the game where he would always speak first in meetings where he would move things along there's really a great joy in these shows from the bachelor whatever reality show you want to talk about and TJ is such a good host, but he's not involved in the house. So they need people in the house to be de facto hosts, right? And yes. that's why Bananas is the legend is because he's the best at that as well as the, the on-field stuff. But CT really transitioned nicely into that role. And he did it in a way that was like kind and not confrontational and not screaming. The last five years or however many seasons it's been since he's returned, I remember him always speaking in like quiet, hushed tones, calm, wearing glasses and like a sensible shirt. And that was something that you wouldn't ever have imagined like 10 or 15 years ago. So CT, number three for me, uh, a caterpillar that went through a beautiful metamorphosis to uh, become this butterfly. Yeah, he's number two for me. And that a lot of that has to do with he just won double agents to to make him a a four-time winner in what was a shocking win. given the way the season started for him and the partners he had and all of that, he wound up proving uh, to everybody that he wasn't washed up as Fessy told him he was washed up and he could never take him or whatever. And then he winds up winning the championship. And now time to pay the bills. But here's the thing I loved about CT and it's, it's, and I, this is one of the reasons I like college sports. I like watching freshmen develop to seniors and, and change their personality and, and then maybe having success CT came on, as you mentioned, and he was just typical Boston fighter guy who talked a lot of trash, had a mouth on him, screamed at people, whatever. And then he went through that where he got kicked off for punching his old uh, real world Paris roommate, uh, Adam, in the face. And then his brother was murdered. And apparently after that, he just had a life transition and changed his life completely. And he became, instead of this hyped up, amped up, testosterone-fueled guy, he became the laid-back funny guy who also was a beast in competition. He's hilarious now. 
I mean, he really is like, he has great one-liners. As you said, he's kind of like the dad of the house, always making things move. He's nice to everybody. He'll get into it. He'll get chest to chest with people occasionally, but he's never going to punch them. He's not going to you know go overboard. I, I think that again, his, his relationship with DM Brown is like a touchstone for the entire series. Everybody watched that. Everybody had opinions on it. People who are on the show now grew up watching that and wanting to be in that relationship. But I think that when you, when it comes down to who CT is, is he is, like you said, he's a dad. Now he's changed. He's definitely different, more quiet, all that stuff. He's also a hell of a competitor on these shows. Having won four championships, 51 daily challenges. Nobody wants to face him in an elimination. He's six and five in eliminations, but he's always been up against the best because they always throw somebody in to try and take him out. Um, So, you know, you know, one-on-one elimination, a lot of those have been paired or team eliminations, one-on-one elimination. Nobody wants to see him still to this day because he's big, he's strong, he's determined. And all of a sudden he became Mr. Puzzle. He solves puzzles now. Like that's his thing is that, you know, he, he started as Boston meathead and now he's the guy who figures out puzzles in 30 seconds. So it's really been a crazy transition. And the fact that he's still doing it and still dominating is pretty amazing. And that's why I had him at number two. I know he's your number three. Go ahead. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention that he's responsible for the best athletic moment in the series history, the backpack. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I almost forgot that when he, he carried Johnny bananas like a backpack across an elimination, they brought him in as a ringer and the competition, for those of you who haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube. They're attached at the back and they have to drag the other person to one side of the ring or the other. And CT just there's, they start sitting down and had to drag. And so it's, you're thinking like they're going to be crawling hands and knees and maybe whatever. He just stands up and carries bananas across the ring and then slams him into a trash can. And that was it. And it was easily the most impressive thing I've seen in a physical, no matter what reality show or whatever, I was more impressive than some things you see on Sundays in the NFL. That was unbelievable. I remember watching that and just my jaw was on the floor. Well, and, and, and really that's a testament to that. We kind of forgot about that because he's kind of had this second act as a totally different figure, but let nobody forget that that was the, he's the apex predator of, of this ecosystem. And it, it's great what you said that, yes, it was impressive as anything you see on Sunday. It's one of the more impressive athletic feats of this millennium. For sure. Uh, my number three is Darrell Taylor. Uh, an all-time great, super respected by other competitors. Every time he's on the show, and he took a long, long break and has come back and done a couple now. He's doing the All-Star Challenge right now. But he's everybody kind of like talks about Darrell in like hushed tones. And the reason why is because he went to four finals and won them all. Uh, he's been on the challenge nine times. He was kicked off for fighting once. Uh, but every time he's there, he's the target. They're like, how are we going to get this guy out? He's 41 and he's still doing it after a long layoff. He was a former boxer. So the dude is always in shape. He just, you know, knows how to take care of his body. He's just one of those guys that every time he's on the show, people are afraid of him, like scared to death. And it was his first four shows. He won them all. He hasn't been to a final since because at the, uh, in the ruins, which would have been his fifth show, he got kicked off because Brad started a fight with him and they punched each other. And then, and then since then, He's kind of fresh meat. He was attached. I think he had Car Maria as a partner and they got eliminated. And then after that, a couple 
times he was just wound up being a target and got eliminated because everybody is so afraid of him. So I really wonder what's in the future for Darrell, if he's going to stick around or, or, or what, but I think he's a guy who could certainly pop up with another win. Well, he seems to be the most suited athletically to continue this success in perpetuity. Like you would never expect him to come into a season looking like CT or even late stage bananas. This is a guy who still seems to be like at his peak physically. Um, He does feel to me like a throwback to a simpler time where maybe like he doesn't really have the time for the new way that the game is played. Like the, 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 you know, the idiocy of these, like, you he's have not a political guy. He doesn't get no, politics. And, and, and the people who are really good at this game still in their, in their older age, they do the political side of the game because they know that it's essential to win. But trust me, they hate it. Think about how much you hate dealing with someone who's in their young 20s and coming in there wanting to make a name for themselves and then having to do it on television. It is just such a hassle. And I think his inability to, like, adapt to that uh, is, is something that like might hurt his legacy. I think he's the biggest oversight on, on my list. And the reason he wasn't on my list is because personality wise, I just didn't think that he rose to some of the other top players. Like, can you argue with the four? No, but again, I kind of put him in the same basket as Evelyn that this all time great, this incredible, like burst, but I am not flush with memories of his time on the show. And if you had to sit down, I mean, even when I sat down to do this list, I could have listed 30 names before I even thought of him. And it's really curious what the research shows because you're just like, Oh wow. I I totally missed that. So what does that mean? If you can't remember that this person was, was fantastic and a champion. And that's a little bit of the way I approached my list. But then again, on others, I was just like, Oh, well, it, it swayed me a little bit. So I like a little bit more spunk. Uh, you did mention the fighting incident. That's the one that was one of the hardest ones to stomach because he really got suckered into it. Yes, and it was, it was like, not his fault. And you were like kind of glad that he did it. And it was like a screwing where you almost wish there could be like, if they were ever going to institute like video replay for these people getting thrown off, that would have been a good place. Cause you should have been able to go to the eye in the sky and be like, you know what? He was certainly not the aggressor here and it, and it didn't rise to the occasion, but wave off the flag. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a great pick. Uh, when, when you were listing all his accomplishments, I, I kind of feel bad that he was a snub, but again, think of all the fantastic characters that we have come in contact in the show and we could only pick seven that makes it's it tough. It's a real challenge when you sit down and try to make some cuts. Uh, you know what did it for me when I was looking at his time on Invasion of the Champions after about a decade off from the show? It felt like a decade. I don't know how long it was. In, eliminate, in Invasion of the Champions season, he had three eliminations. He beat Zach, he beat Bananas, and then lost to CT. But like to take out years after your last show, to take out Zach, to take out Bananas, and then to lose in a close one to CT is... That, that to me was like, oh, this guy could still do it. You know, like he's facing the best and, and taking him out. So um, uh, agreed. I, I think that, that he certainly didn't have the drama elements. And so it's easy to forget that. Also, uh, just for, you know, based on Brad's experience with that fight, uh, do not ever pick a fight with a guy who was going to be a professional boxer. 
Brad's face afterward <laughs> did not look good. And I remember they made him do a sit down interview about it afterwards. And it was just like, no, nah, just let him do it a couple months later in LA. Don't do it af- right after he's been punched. So your number two was Wes. My number two was CT. So it's time for number one. I think we all know who number one is going to be on everybody's list, but I'll let you start, Kyle. I don't think there's much disputing this. Sure. I mean, you know, it's, we've, we've teased it several times. All I wrote down was bananas. I didn't write anything about him. Uh, I didn't write down his stats. I know that you have the particulars in, in front of you. I'll let you rip through those uh, to just cement what is, you know, like when they build the challenge hall of fame, just build it on his land. I know he was hard at work on a retaining wall last summer during quarantine. I was, I, I tuned into all the podcasts that he did. I got on a real bananas kick because I started thinking about, you know, this, this is one of our, one of the finest athletes of our generation. If we're going to consider this to be an athletic competition, I mean, like how many years has he been doing this? Not slowing down his greatest skill. As I alluded to earlier, he's the best de facto host. He's the Toastmaster. He knows how to make good television. It's like having this brilliant producer also be the star of the show. Like, it's kind of like he's doing it all. Like if it was Hollywood, he'd be acting, producing, directing. He's doing all those things. And then he's also going out there when the camera's rolling and giving it his all. And when he doesn't give his all, he doesn't hide it. Like he will, he will try interesting things. He will throw, he will throw matches. He will just do things his own way because he knows has, he has carte blanche to do it. He has found a way to not be stale after all these years. He's constantly reinventing himself. I think negotiating the Camilla thing is one of his finest acts that could have blown up on him and gone sideways in any different directions. He figured out a way to coexist. He figured out a way to coexist with Wes. I think part of that was because he was getting the better of the rivalry. He found a way to get the better of the rivalry with CT, but nobody on the show seems to hate him. And that's pretty amazing because he's at the pedestal. He's the person that everybody's chasing. And it's not even a begrudging respect. It's like walking in and being like, well, this is if you're going to say the challenge, what's the one name that's going to come to your mind? It's going to be bananas. And that's why he's on the top. No question. He's been doing this since 2006, by the way, he's a seven time champion. He's been to nine finals in 20 seasons and he's the greatest ever. Like there was just no question about that. He's won more than $1.1 million on the show. He's parlayed that personality as a host, as you've talked about it into outside TV work at, and he's at 38 and he's still one of the best to ever do it. And he just won his last season. And it had been, I think it had been six. He'd been on six shows between his rivals, three win where he stole the money at the end from Sarah and, and, and as sort of a revenge for her getting him the last season, they worked together. They were great all season. Then he has the chance to take the money for himself or split it with her. He takes it. And it seemed like there was the bananas curse. He lost six seasons in a row and then to come back and finally win it in, in total madness, uh, in a pretty dominating performance against a lot of great young athletes, he took it. And and you have to respect that. Uh, 62 daily wins. I mean, the guy wins that he figures out those little competitions and what the secret is and what the trick is. And there's a trick to all of these things. Whenever they do these, that's why you don't want to go first because you got to figure out what the trick is. He's so good at figuring that out. Eliminations, this shocked me in eliminations. He's, he's been in 24. He's only won 10. 
He's not the guy, but the thing is, is that he avoids elimination so well. Um, you know, and again, some of those it's tied to your whoever your partner is and things like that, but uh, he is, he's the best to ever do it. And I think it's, there are a few television franchises like this where somebody is the dominant personality on it. And usually it's the host. I mean, Jeff Probst is the dominant presence on survivor Chris Harrison for the bachelor. Like, you know, not a competitor, not somebody who does it is the most memorable person. Now I will say at the end of this, I think TJ Lavin, it's criminal that he's never won an Emmy for this show. I think he's fantastic as the host. I think he's great. I think that the watching him laugh maniacally every time they do a trivia and people get thrown off of the top. Um, but, but bananas is the guy and he is the, the dominant presence and, and he kind of always will be if he stopped today and he never returns to the show, He'll be the guy that everybody remembers about this show. Well, if the challenge is a puzzle, he solved it. He yes. looked at it from every single angle. And I don't think it's a mistake or an accident that he got so good at producing because he figured out, look, I'm valuable if I'm going to be on air. I, if I'm valuable, if I'm providing content, even when I am not, uh, involved in the drama that's going on. He figured out by looking at it with a producer's eye. And I think this is the biggest point with him is he uses a producer's eye to create good moments inside the house, but also, like you said, to figure out the games, he studies it. Like, I think there was one not long ago where he noticed like some sort of like, you could see around a corner and see some flashing lights or something or some trick. Yes. That I remember that. Couldn't figure out. And they were going through like some soapy, car wash machine i think was i can't remember the particulars the incident yes, it was just like right. oh this guy like just looked around the corner like lifted up a uh a, a, a piece of cardboard and like found the answer and it was just like all these savvy things that are legal you know and that's the fun part of the show too is like there are these things that people competitors doing like could they do that and then it's up to tj to decide whether they do it but he kind of gives free reign to people who are going to think outside the box he does not go in and follow anybody else's game plan. And what's the, what's the truest form of respect competitors give each other on the show? It's saying that you're not playing a scared game or you're playing your own game. And it's kind of like, there's an art to it. Well, he's perfected that as well. Nobody's been better at that. Nobody's been better at the physical mixed with the, the mental. And he's done it with, like, like I said, without becoming the bad guy and without people getting sick of him. Like, it's quite a testament that we're not sick of him. I, I think it's maybe it's not. He's entertaining. Well. He's entertaining every time. Maybe the comparison is Brady. Maybe, maybe that's the comparison about how like you're just kind of impressed that he's still kicking ass and he's still figuring out new ways to do it. And he's doing it mentally and smarter and figuring out all the angles because I don't know how long he wants to do this. But anytime he steps into this house, as long as he can avoid that nonsense right away where they try to knock out the big dogs, you know, he's going to be a contender to go in the final. Yeah. And then he just flips it on when he gets there. And like you said, maybe in, in, in the last thing on him, the 10 and 14 record in eliminations is really instructive. Imagine being a sub 500 performer in those and still being the greatest because that's the thing they all live in fear of going in. And he knows that he's not that great at it. And he's proved that he's not that great at it. And he's still been able to sidestep that on the way to remarkable and unmatched success. Yeah, it, it is. That is an amazing factor. So I want, I want to kind of circle back just on the challenge in general. Is this something you think you're going to watch as long as they do it? I, I feel, I feel like I'm in that 
I'm in that mode. I just, every season it's interesting. It's fascinating. You start off and you go, Hmm, you know, some of my favorite people aren't on this year. I don't know. And by episode two, you're fully in it. Like I, they're so good at sucking people. There's the reason why there are people who've watched every season of survivor. It sucks you in. There's a reason everybody watches, you know, people watch the bachelor, even when they're not interested, they get sucked in. This is, this is my reality show that I always get sucked into. Do you think it's the kind of thing where as long as it doesn't get stale and they keep bringing in fresh people and all that, do you, do you think this is one you'll, you'll continue to watch? God, I hope so. And, and I'll tell you why, because it is something that when you're watching it, it's hard to be in a bad mood. Usually if I'm watching the challenge, I'm pretty clean mentally. I'm not worried about anything else because it is a bit of a guilty pleasure. It is a dessert. It is a, I'm going to tune into this and, and turn my brain off or even better. Guess what? I'm six episodes behind. We're just going to go on. We're just going to kill two and a half hours here. Now, as, as a parent, if I could get two and a half free hours to, to catch up on six episodes of the challenge, that pretty much sounds like the best thing I could imagine uh, <laughs> legally that I can mention on a podcast right now. But no, I, I certainly hope so because it is a fun watch. I've missed kind of, I'm glad we had this conversation today because I kind of missed the uh, supplementary and, and ancillary programming around it and, ta and talking about the show. Like there was a time in my life where I used to listen to multiple recap episodes because I enjoyed the recap episodes, maybe then the real, maybe more than the real thing. You get more and inside information and stuff on those. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the way that they open those worlds up and you got to, to, and now with social media, you can, you can follow everybody and see about the drama that's going on. But no, I think that it's, I think that it's really, really great. I hope that it's on the show is still a little bloated for me. Uh, I, I think that they could cut about like 30% of the content down and they're always so long uh, and, and you don't need it. But again, maybe that just goes to, hey, we have this captive audience and, and you're just chilling anyway. And that's honestly how I started watching the real world to begin with was those reruns in the middle of the day that were on back to back. Uh, when we were we were in school and it was about killing the afternoon. So it's really awesome that it's remained an element of our lives. And, and like I mentioned at the very top with my son starting to watch Survivor when he gets a little bit older and can understand some of the content here, we can go back and watch the old episodes and, and, and he can kind of get a picture into what the world was like when I was younger and latch onto the strategy. Uh, and, and, and eventually he'll be the same age and have the same experience that is kind of like peer group is doing it. And there's no reason to, there's a lot of different ways to mess with it and tinker with it. And as long as they keep uh, developing star players, which I got to say the future is very bright. Like if you look at Rogan, Rogan to me is a star. Like he's someone yep. who could stay that franchise for 15 years. Uh, and, and there's always a fresh face that is, I think Kayla's a star too. Um, it, it, you can really, it'd be great if in 10 years, it's like we, we built up all this equity and we were vi revisiting it and, and and reassessing our lists. I, I agree completely. Uh, guys, if you're challenge fans, definitely keep tuning in. They've already cast and are quarantining the next season of competitors in, I believe, Croatia. I read that today. Uh, so you got more coming your way, folks. And the all-star challenge, as we said, is on Paramount Plus right now. Watch Double Agents if you haven't. Go back. I thought it was a really good season. The stuff that they were able to accomplish under quarantine in Iceland is, is pretty great. And the drama heightens because they were all locked in together. There was no going out to bars and blowing off steam. Uh, so I, I thought it was a great, uh, a great season. 
thanks for listening to this week's episode, guys. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever podcasts are found. And while you're there, subscribe to Kyle's podcast, The Kyle Coster Show. I was finally a guest on that podcast this week. I, I feel honored, but also wondering why it took so, took so long. Uh, our thanks to producer Sean Daly for all his tireless work. Stay tuned to the big lead for all the latest in sports. And we'll be back with another episode of The Best of Seven uh, pretty soon, we hope. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.